and we are back. Oof. Who knows this video? 2009, I'll give you a hint. Classic. No one gave me an answer for last time. Sad. Never mind, I'll let you off. It was of course Callum Powell 2011. And the song was Spectac and Ninth Wonder Lounge, the instrumental. Anyway, you listen to Parkour Coach Companion, connecting coaches, asking questions, creating interesting conversations. That's what we're all about here. All for the culture, man, all for the culture. Very hard to connect at the moment, but we can do on the audio waves. Anyway, this is episode 22. I hope you enjoy it with Devon. And just like that, we're back. Just like that, we're back. Hello, hello. Welcome everyone. Uh, this is uh, Sam Kopak and today I'm speaking with Devon. Hi. The, <laughs> the, uh, the rising talent, the flame, the young flame from, uh, from London. <laughs> oh, um, thank you. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I'm quite tired, I'm not going to lie, because I stayed up watching a few of the fat vlogs. Uh, <laughs> so I was, I, was, I was just catching up and just seeing kind of some of the stuff you've been doing. Um, Wait, which one did you watch? So, basically what happened, I watched the one where you were training at Barbican and you do that disgusting running like 360 pre <laughs> with two death drops on either side. Yeah, yeah. And after that I was like, right, okay, I need to see a bit more of this. So I ended up, <laughs> I ended up watching for like, oh yeah, far too late, far too late. But um, yeah, yeah, some, some great stuff, man. So, so yeah, we'll start, I guess we'll start there um, just because it kind of blew my mind a bit, that jump. How... The 360. Yeah, like what's your, what's your kind of process with with 360s and stuff i know you do you guys are doing like a lot of them yeah yeah i i mean i've been doing 360s for like a super super long time like mm. i think i first learned in like 2014 2015 and then oh, i remember seeing i was like sticking them to wall to edges like nicely in like 2016 and that's kind of where it like started developing from of like it started feeling like it wasn't that different from a normal jump the only mm. difference is um, it, it kind of goes with your intuition of there's that moment that you're a bit blind, but it's about knowing that when you're when you see the landing, your body is naturally going to respond in the right way. It's about trusting that it's kind of the same with doing like a side flip pre or mm. a 180 back to like a small landing where you can't like see it until like the very last second. But if you trust that, it's like you're if your body if your mind sees like a rail or a wall it's going to put it try and put the feet towards it every yeah. time instinctively it's kind of freaky isn't it how your body kind of has this yeah. like over time you have this kind of intelligence that's not quite i don't know it's it's like obviously it's you but it's like some other thing yeah. that has control of what you're doing it's really really strange yeah um, like your muscle memory mind or something yeah cool. exactly like i 
I was doing some uh, like kind of drop pre's yesterday off my like wrong foot. And yeah, yeah. In my head, I've got that because it's my wrong foot. I was kind of thinking like a little bit. Ah, uh, I mean, I might not get the perfect stick or whatever. I might not do it too well. But like, my feet were just like bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Every time I was like, what the hell? That's like, awesome. It's so weird. It's it's so cool. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Actually, actually, mentioning the like uh, jumping off your odd leg, I thought about it recently. This idea of um. Like your body has just the same amount of potential to land exactly the same on both legs. Like they are mm. the same leg, but your mind kind of like just tells you, oh, this isn't right. This isn't okay. Like it's like your mind is tricked. But if you trick your mind into like, if I just jump off the left and imagine it's it's going to be like my normal running pre and I just focus on it a bit more, it can be exactly the same. Mm. There's no like, the only thing that's stopping it from being exactly the same is your mind and how you tackle it mm. in your head. Yeah, man. It's so interesting. I wonder, so when you, when you started doing these 360 pre's and turns and things, um, was it, why did you start doing them? Was it because you'd seen other people do them? Because I know that, I mean, they're really popular at the moment. Like I know you guys have kind of got yeah, your yeah. own kind of style, but then there's like there's teams like Kipper and Motus and you know, you got like marks and things and Yeah. It's this very interesting kind of new style. But yeah, back in back in the day. <laughs> back in twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen. Yeah, uh, no one would turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. No one would spin. <laughs> yeah, so what so what inspired you to start doing that? I'm I'm not too sure. I think at the very first stage I was I was upset that I couldn't 360. Like I tried and it was really hard. Mm. Like I was like veering like a meter to the side and I was just like <laughs> completely off axes and and then I realized I couldn't even spin a 360 on the spot and stay in the same place and I had no like aerial control in that way. Mm. But then as I started to get into it I kind of I enjoyed the I felt like because my body type's quite kind of compact. When I like 360, I feel like I can get on this uh, small center of gravity where I tuck in, kind of. I tuck my legs into my chest. And I don't know, that, that like feeling of like 360 just like stuck with me being very, very nice. Yeah. And I like the, for me personally, like I was never the one that would be hitting like the biggest running pre or the biggest mm. like Kong or plyometric, like not the big standard move. You'd probably see like Abdullah or Orlando do. So then I kind of moved towards things, sketchy things and 360s and like rail skateboard, like sideways pre's and weird things that other people wouldn't want to do that might not require the most power, but... I'd enjoy that it required like a different element of parkour, like a technique or a fear base of like, because um, the only thing there's that's um, stopping you is how much you train it. But mm. when something you're not strong enough for something, it's like, oh yeah, you, you haven't done enough like squats or push ups or like enough jumps in general. And there's no, there's no quick fix to not being strong enough. But if your technique's wrong, or if you're scared, you can kind of push through it in the moment, like right mm. then and there, if yeah. you if you figure it out or maybe have someone help you. Mm. Yeah, man, and I noticed on that video where you're doing the this disgraceful 360 running break, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know, because like, I, I was watching it and you did, you did kind of, I think you did the running pre first. 
And I didn't yeah, yeah. understand what you were prepping for. Like, genuine, I was like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, what? <laughs> and, then, and then you did it on the floor, and then I was like, oh my God, he's going for 360. So, yeah, yeah. Talk us through, if you can. Uh, I know it's kind of tricky, but this is kind of what I'm really, really interested in. Mm -hmm. talk, talk us through your kind of what goes through your mind when you're faced with a challenge like that, where obviously, mm. I mean, there's, there's death like literally on the cards. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you, how do you convince yourself or, or what goes through your mind to kind of push through this? Cause I know you say, you say a few things to Abdullah when you're helping him with the side pre. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but just, yeah, go, go ahead. Tell us about, tell us uh, about that. I, I, it's a bit different for the for the 360 that one at Barbican in particular I like didn't find it scary at all like it was uh mm. but it kind of touches on like the general idea of height for me isn't scary because it doesn't feel real like mm -hmm. it might sound a bit weird but it's like the idea of falling it doesn't feel like it's in like reality like obviously I take it in as like it is a risk mm. and it is there but I won't let myself fall. I'll do everything in like my physical power to stop that happening, even if it got to that point. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I just feel like it's it's not it's not there. And once you remove that idea of knowing that you have enough belief in your way to land, your ability of like, even if something did go wrong and you slipped, I could still know I could control it somehow, and that I could bounce it, I could come to the side, I could always find a way mm. with it, and. And the other thing with the Barbican one in particular is the wall's really wide, like super, super wide. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like, and there's like a wall to the side and there's not a death drop to, to the right side as well, which is the way that my momentum is spinning with the 360 when I, when I spun. So I spin to the left. Mm. So if I'm spinning, my chest when I land is coming to the right, which was the side that the death drop wasn't on. That's why I picked to go mm. that way rather mm. than the other way. If I jumped the way that Abdullah side flipped, it would be more dangerous because it's not the way that my 360 is going with the momentum sure, kind sure, of thing. Sure. I think about all those sorts of things, just like where where the momentum's traveling, how I can redirect it if I need to. And yeah, obviously prepping on the floor as well is good. Just uh, that's something I need to get in the habit of doing more, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah man. sometimes it's good to prep even if you feel like you don't need to just to be safe just that mm. extra uh we like to call it data or like data nice yeah 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 accumulating <laughs> a bit more information <laughs> my friend ronnie um in the team used to like it'd say data like data loading in the last video like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's loading up you got the fresh data on your mind mm. <laughs> yeah man cool cool yeah, I guess um, I completely, I can relate completely to the, um, this idea of like not being in reality. I remember mm. a friend, a friend of mine, David, and I were, uh, were on this roof up in York and um, we were literally just, just practicing a small standing pre to the very, very edge of a building and there's like a death drop. Um, and yeah. it was weird that we were like, all we, all our aim was, was just to stick it, just stick it and just be in control and just kind of get used to being in that feeling. But what yeah. was really weird is that we both had this real sense of like, well, it's just never, ever going to happen. Even though 
that there is a, a genuine possibility that like one of us could fall. It's really strange. Like, yeah. It it it, it doesn't it, it does actually feel like the actual imagining of the slip tumbling forward, falling yeah. down. Like it, it's almost like a it's almost like an alternate reality, isn't it? Even though Yeah, it's a weird. It's just so odd. But yet quite real as well. <laughs> Yeah, no, obviously very real, but I guess I've never heard of anybody that actually does parkour falling off a roof. Like, obviously there's an urbexes maybe, but um, not someone doing parkour because I don't feel like we, like, take risks on that level of, like, mm. we do, especially at height, things that are within our belief. I've had this idea of if I did slip off a building, the last thing I'd call out to everybody is like, I love you all. I love everyone on my team. I oh, love man. everyone I train with or so on. But like, as I'm falling, just like, ah, quick, let me let me shout the last word to everybody. But yeah. no, I agree with you. It doesn't feel like it's in an alternate reality of like, mm. if you chose to to not take control of the situation, but you always do, your body will always do it for you. It mm. won't let you fall. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it's almost like we when we're training like when you've got all your gear on you got your shoes on you're training with your boys or whatever like yeah you're almost in this space you're in this kind of like collective parkour mindset almost where it's almost like your own reality because then if you're just like having a normal day so like, i feel different like if i'm wearing jeans and just normal clothes or something and yeah you, you just you feel a bit different you're not in the parkour world you're kind of in the muggle world like you're not quite yeah yeah <laughs> you know what i mean and it's just yeah yeah it's weird isn't it how you we, we do all these things to get into a mindset that sort of protects us from uh from from kind of thinking too much like a muggle and thinking we're gonna yeah. fall on everything and <laughs> it's weird man it's really interesting though. that's so good mm. uh yeah i definitely love getting on the parkour mindset of just like wearing comfy clothes all the time not really caring about all the holes in your shoes and just like <laughs> every day who's training where are we training like where are we going yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> arguing over spots <laughs> yeah man so do you tra- yeah. how how often do you train actually do you train like nearly every day or? as as much as i can ever yeah. like it's always um if i'm not training it's because i'm resting and i think of it like i'm actively resting like i'm yeah. i'm not just like resting for the sake of it like i'll i'll like lie in bed for a long time but just to like heal my body so the next day i'll be able to train or mm. I'll, I'll do nothing for a whole day just to have a really big day the next day or a day after or something like that. But mm. I do try to train a lot, but I can't, with my injuries, train um, every day because it'd just be too much. And I think I train a bit too hard to train every day mm-hmm. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess it's interesting your kind of style of movement because it, it looks like it. It's not. It's very technical and not always super high impact. So I guess you can kind of mm. do it fairly. Like in the video, I can't remember which one it is recently, where you're on those very low walls and you're practicing like three sixties and cypres and stuff. And oh look, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks like you can kind of, in some ways, get away with training that more because it's sort of like very flowy and technical and stuff. Yeah, we do try to stick with the flow, especially like 
like if someone gets injured, right? At the moment, Abdullah's injured and he's been trying to learn how to do a, a 540 reverse or like a 540 lazy, sorry. So, you know, when you do like a lazy vault yeah. on a wall, yeah. he wants to do like you spin 540 above the wall and then end it with a lazy. So you spin around the wall like twice oh. and then lazy out on the, the when you come back around the, uh, the side that you came in. Sick, or, nice. Yeah, yeah. But, um... Yeah, that's the sort of thing that uh, is good to pra- practice, especially when you're injured. Mm. Um, flow is always really important. And trying things that you might think is like, looks stupid or like looks like, oh, that's going to be silly, but just not caring about that aspect of it and just trying it anyway. Because that's how new moves get developed and mm. weird things come about and movement um, gets more inspiring that way, I think. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, I was watching a, a story video recently and I think they go to one of those spots that you guys were at and they're, they're like trying the stuff and they mentioned fat. They're like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were so happy about that. <laughs> yeah, I bet. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Actually, we, we were a little bit like, oh, you came Archway and didn't tell us you were training. Oh, like, okay. Didn't tell us you are in London. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, though. <laughs> I think that yeah, I, I get the I get the feeling Stora kind of, uh, maybe a little bit like that just because yeah, not that they actively don't want to train with people, but just because they kind of have mm. I guess they have a bit of a mission, don't they? Like they've got yeah, a, it's, it's, their, it's their job. Like they're working so hard, you know. Yeah, um, I feel like they they might want to film a video, but it wouldn't just be like oh come hang about like they'd want to actually yeah, kind yeah. of like ac- actively film a video together like a yeah. planned thing. Yeah, exactly. Something. Well, maybe the future will hold more stuff like we'll, that. We'll it'd, be, it'd be nice to see a fat store collab, man. That'd be a nice video. Yeah, uh-huh. of some kind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The future holds a lot of wonders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but going go, uh, talking about those moves. Um, yeah, something that I was trying, kind of inspired by you guys and other people, is this kind of like, kind of tic tac cat pass type thing. Uh, you guys are doing like, tic tac cat yeah, pass. Like, yeah, the... you know what I mean. Like kind of two feet on the wall and then going into a kong or cat pass. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. I th- I think we've been calling it one eighty dives or one eighty dive kongs. One eighty dives. It's like because yeah. it's like do it's like doing a one eighty pre, like uh like two feet on the wall 180 yeah. cat back but it's like doing it to a dive kong instead yeah yeah, yeah which yeah. um is new for me like i learned it um like last month i learned it just right. recently mm. and uh but it feels very natural it's like mm. it's two moves you've done like this whole time mm. and then they just weren't put together that often because i don't know it's just it's very scary when you first do it and then you actually do it and it feels very natural once you've uh, overcome that that kind of thing. Yeah, How yeah. did you find doing it? Was it was Man, it scary? Uh, I'm, find, <laughs> I'm finding it really scary. Well, to be honest, I've not. Uh, I'm gonna make the excuse I've not found the best setup yet. But, oh, uh, it is kind of hard. <laughs> We're very blessed with the setups in London. There's some cool setups there, man. It looks awesome. But yeah, I mean, yeah. the one that I was trying was actually. I mean, the setup is kind of like it's a good distance, but. Um, I guess my problem is that the wall is very low. Like, sorry, the the wall that you're 180 off is quite low. Like, it's only a, a, just above my height. Yeah. And so my friend Dean, shout out to Dean, and Hector, they've done they've done it from like a, a cat hang to 180 dive. All right. 
But yeah. to do it like a nice kind of running 180, maybe, I, I don't know, it's hard. The wall's not very high, so. I'm very tall, I'm, yeah. like, I'm 6'2", so. <laughs> yeah, oh damn, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I wanna, I wanna try it, man. It, it looks, I think they're really interesting movements, so. Yeah, and one thing about them is we've noticed that there's two ways to do it now. The mm. uh, Storo, so Storo and uh, us, like we do it in different ways. I do it a little bit more like Storo. Orlando does it completely differently. Like he, mm. he has two continuous steps on the wall that are treated like doing a 180 back, like you're doing it to a pre. Like it's just step, step, and it's, it's continuous. But we noticed Max and Benj when they were doing it in the last video, it would be like they do a half reverse up onto the wall and then it's like they do a splat back off mm. into the dive kong like it's like a, a two foot solid plant on the wall and mm. I, I i'm unsure which is more effective but they both seem to work pretty well <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's cool isn't it how these things uh kind of get thrown in the pot and then people just try it in different ways you know like yeah develop it happened with the the side flip pre years ago like when Max Barker was bringing that to the table with rail pre's and shit. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, uh, man. Constantly developing. Mm, mm. Yeah. And have you, do you kind of, is this where you kind of get your inspiration from with training? Do you kind of, because obviously there's different styles and and you probably, well, actually, I don't know. How long, how long actually have you been training for? Um... I started when I was 13, so it's probably about seven, between seven or eight years now. Okay, yeah. But with all the I injury time, I'd probably say it's like maybe six of right. actually solidly training. Okay. But uh, I'd say I've been around the scene for eight years. Nice, yeah. nice. <laughs> we'll, we'll get on to, we'll get, like we'll, get on, yeah. we'll get on to your injury stuff a bit later, but for now, um, yeah, tell, tell me a bit about uh, when you first started whoops when you first started um did you have like did you have like mentors did you have people that that helped you were you coached or people like um yeah like or well, when i first first ever like discovered parkour i like just saw a parkour gen class that was um was actually taught by chris keegley you've i think you've had a podcast with him oh yeah i think so he's the I think he might have been the first freerunner I ever saw in my life. Damn. And he might not even know because I was really young. I was like I was like eight years old and I saw him in this estate near my house and was like, oh my God, what are you guys doing? You're like jumping on trees and woods like a kid. But yeah. like, you know, I'm the kid and I'm intrigued <laughs> by what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Sick. And, uh, and, um, that's, and then I, when I was a bit older uh like 13 or 11 i started going to classes but i i didn't like latch onto it like i was still this kind of like i didn't learn a kong i wasn't learning i was just kind of like messing about that kind of stage where you're still like mm, mm. you're just going to it for the sake of it and then when i was 13 i was like i'm actually i'm gonna hit this like full full send i really want to try and get good see where it goes and mm. push on with that and uh yeah, I did start with classes and it was it was helpful. It's really good for the for the basics of like having some kind of soft map just to learn without that sense of injury. But I jumped out of um, <laughs> classes pretty quick when I found people that would be like, oh, yeah, we know where like people are training. So right, yeah, cool. I remember being 
like 13 knowing like one person that went to my school and I'd follow him I didn't know how to use trains or anything so I'd just follow (laughs) him to like Watford or something like take the overground and stuff and then get there and I'd just turn up to like a jam and there'd be like like 50 60 odd people there and there's all these sick like free runners and I'm this little like chubby uh you and I'm just (laughs) oh man I remember being really shy but it was really great experience to come Mm. into and uh yeah, it's like everything for me, really. It, like the center of life in my life. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy, man. So, you, so which 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 classes did you say you were at? Were they parkour gen as well? Did you say? Yeah, th- those were parkour generation ones. Mm. Um, at the the sports center I live near, where um, Leap is, the parkour oh, parkour yeah. park. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, oh yeah, and I also used to sneak into the parkour park before <laughs> I was good at parkour so yeah. I'd go there just to sit on the walls oh, okay. and I'd hobble up one of the walls and like not because I didn't, I didn't train but um I knew about parkour for a long time mm. and uh until I finally like decided to give it the full the full effort mm, mm, mm. so you must man you must have seen some things then so you so you went to these jams in like sort of uh 2013 2013. kind of thing oh that's yeah you must have seen some cool stuff man that was a good time a good time for yeah for for parkour and uh so who who like who caught your eye when you were out you know you obviously you're feeling a bit you feel a little bit uh like anxious a little bit shy i was so anxious (laughs) yeah yeah who who kind of caught your eye whilst you were whilst you were there and people were training with like who was I still train with him, but um, it it's got to be Joe Marks all the way. I remember seeing him; he's one of the first. I think he was probably him, and I don't know if you know Greg Eccles. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. So those guys and a couple of others as like those were the first good freerunners I ever saw in my life, and it was like stunning. Especially I remember mm. seeing Greg Eccles do this this running cat leap that was like unreal like even today i don't think i'd see someone do a cat leap that big because it was like big in distance and height because he's a tall guy as well yeah. and it was like he just jumped and latched on with these like long arms just like somehow like like oh it was like proper mission impossible like stunning <laughs> to this little 13 year old kid that couldn't believe his eyes. And then mm. Joe Marks and his, his flips and flow and the kind of style that was brought and, oh, it really enticed me. And there's a lot of other people I met, but uh, I can't remember them too much. I remember always seeing, uh, nah, nah, it's gone. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, Joe, Al- Joe Alvey. Joe Do you know Alvey. Joe Alvey? Rings a bell. Maybe I yeah. probably recognise him. He's he he was in Bruman when Bruman was still kicking ah, around a okay. bit. Okay, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, he. I always remember seeing him as well. He had this like interesting flow and like ability to flip out of like really technical awkward movements, mm. like land like on the lowest wall and still manage to front flip no matter what. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. But nice. yeah, it was cool days. I remember Greg Eccles, he kind of, I mean, because he was Australian, right? Yeah, yeah. So he, he kind of blew up, didn't he? He, he was like, because I think maybe he just travelled loads and he was around Europe and he came to the UK and stuff. I remember seeing, like, This Is Sydney. I think that's a pretty big video from him. 
Yeah. And yeah, there's this guy in the red reach top. Uh, with these mad jumps. I think I actually I I when you when you mentioned that running pre, running arm jump, I think I I think I have a vague memory of that, like him doing something huge. Yeah. Um. That that rings a bell. That rings a bell. But yeah, he's. I guess he's kind of gone off the scene now. I don't. I don't really see any any training from him. Yeah. I think um, he 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 started to send a career in photography, and the training became <laughs> less important, which is fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. um, but yeah, I'd love to see him do do some more jumps because his his style was uh really something for to watch it was so nice <laughs> very bouncy guy fun to watch for sure for sure yeah and so how did you how do you think you you kind of started to feel more confident in parkour then do you think that like were there people that kind of helped you out or was it more you kind of pushing yourself out of your comfort zone a bit and just trying things or what, what was it yeah. what was it like to kind of get out because um, I, I, I can I understand that feeling and it's not too nice so yeah I I, I felt it for a long time but uh yeah I just I guess at the start I was so enticed by the 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 whole idea of parkour and the whole community that I wanted that but uh was just too scared to make like the kind of friends and quite far throughout I'd be meeting people that I'm like good friends with now that I like didn't know how I just was too young to actually socialize properly for people to remember me too well or mm-hmm. but yeah I just kept pushing on as I got better it gets it gets easier to talk to people because if you're actually like actively training more uh when you're training you're not you just train when you're at a jam. You don't kind of stand around so much. Yeah. But um, I I don't really know what changed it for me. I think going to jams and all of that is what changed like being anxious for me in the first place. Like I pushing myself through that and that bad feeling, eventually just got better. Mm. But uh, you became more excited to go. I guess you became more yeah. inspired. Yeah. And then you meet more people. And then people will remember you when you go to next jams and you don't feel like you turn up and you don't know anybody. You see the people you know and you go hang out with your, your crew and then speak to meet other people at the same time and they introduce you to people that they know that you haven't met. And mm-hmm. now it seems like the parkour community is just like so well connected. I can just speak to anyone in different countries. I can speak yeah, to... Yeah. I never... I guess that's what changed, that now I feel connected to it all but before I felt like I was on the outer skirt and it was just about warming into it and mm. uh meeting more people yeah and training more yeah people listening if you're training in a big group and there's some little guy he might become a bit of a problem later on so uh make sure you <laughs> make, make sure you welcome the make sure you welcome people in and introduce yourself and introduce yeah. other people because these like uh, there's a guy in York that um, that I met the other day who started training, which is I mean yeah. you you probably won't know much about York, but it's a it's a very small city and there's there's like five of us that train. It's it's super small, but this 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 young lad like came to came to come uh, come out and um, and uh, yeah, I was kind of like you know talking to him a little bit, and then I was like oh come on you know you need to 
I, I didn't want to show off, but I was like, I want to inspire him a little bit. So I kind of had a bit of a, yeah. a joke with him. And I did this like 180 cat and stuff. And he was like, whoa, that's cool. Like, that, he was just, his eyes lit up and I was like, yes, you know, like that could be, he needs to see stuff. Like it's all well and good watching videos, but you need to see it in person and be like inspired. Because that's basically the story of so many parkour people like seeing stuff in real life and being like holy shit yes yeah, it's, it's <laughs> always it's never the same on film as it is in real life when you really see it especially yeah. like the craziest moves yeah oh yeah that's really cool you, it's good to inspire people and yeah like you said that 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 small kid on the side i always try um just like make for people like people that are new make them feel welcome yeah or like mm. at least like when you're training, the simplest thing could be like letting them go before you because like in reality, just because your moves harder doesn't mean like uh, you have any more right to be doing parkour than them. You shouldn't be like mm. taking up all the spot, give everyone a chance, let everyone have a go. Everyone, no matter what the level is, it's, it's just as important to them at their level, mm. getting an achievement. And also if if somebody that's like starting out like achieve something it's like the hype should be the same because mm. it's to do with like the personal challenge that they had for that and i always if anything someone that's like starting out i'll be like <laughs> furiously more excited and gassed that they like they stuck something perfectly and then if someone that's been sick for like years and years does something i'll be like oh yeah that was good but uh, i won't <laughs> yeah. i won't be like blowing my mind at it yeah unless yeah, it's yeah. like something too crazy but yeah i know what you yeah mean. i know what you mean yeah i think we, we have to man we have to i think it can be far too easy especially when you've been training for a long time it can be far too easy to just you know go to a jam and you kind of uh hang around with the people that you're you know good friends with or yeah. in your little group and you kind of you know there's other people there and they're maybe not as good and maybe not as kind of uh experienced but yeah you have to you have to make an effort because you just don't you don't know where that can go you don't you, you know yeah if you want if you want parkour to survive if you want the community to actually grow you can't just sit there and be like oh there's no community and then like not actually talk to go people find it. yeah like talk yeah. to people who are interested um in my view but anyway, um, yeah, I wanted to ask, uh, I mean, this is a, this is predominantly a, a coaching podcast. So I wanted to ask you a little bit more about your experience with, with coaching. Cause I, I believe you have done a bit of coaching, right? Yeah. Yeah. I used to be fairly involved with PK Gen, but, uh, okay. yeah, yeah. Net, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I enjoyed it that much, <laughs> mm. but it was good. I learned to coach and I used to coach a lot. Like I'd volunteer at where I like first was coached and then I'd go mm. coach there myself and coach like the kids that were basically me. But <laughs> I found that I, I didn't like the general vibe of that class too much because mm. uh, they, they weren't, no one was that passionate about it. It felt like I hate parents that force their kids to go to parkour classes. Oh, man. It's so, like... It's like the, the 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 stereotypical karate class. Like, oh, you don't do exercise, so I'm going to force you to take up a club. And then they're, like, yeah. doing everything to, like, actively, like, ignore it and not take part. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. on a, I remember I did coach 
for a little bit at uh, this, this like gym in, not a parkour gym, just like a space, but we had equipment there, but it was in Victoria. And I remember that being a smaller class that I think it costed a bit more, but it meant that the people that came were like really wanted to come because mm. it was like more of like a small focused group kind of class. And I way preferred that element of teaching other than having like a a class of like 50 kids where you can't <laughs> you can't get into the ins and outs with each individual kid it just has mm. to be general for them but when you have a small like you can you can talk about what parkour means and you can talk about like mm. really getting into like the the detail techniques and movements and spend time like really helping someone bits they're stuck with that's sure. what i like wanted to do more with coaching mm. Yeah, I think that's a a great point about capacity. Like, I think it's all, yeah, it's all well and good, like, wanting to get more people into parkour, and if there's the demand, like, having big classes. But at the same time, like, yeah, if, you, if you're losing that individual focus, it can sort of dilute things a bit. And I, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I, I coach a lot, not at the moment, because I'm on furlough, uh, but I coach a lot as my kind of, full-time job sort of thing and you know I'm starting to think maybe more that I should maybe run more classes but with fewer people just because yeah how much value am I providing to a group of 20 kids maybe I could split it into two and have two groups of 10 and and kind of be a bit more have a bit more individual um, attention with with each person um so so yeah but that so so do you think that you said you didn't really enjoy the vibe as much do you think that was because of these kids who weren't interested or was it the style of coaching that you kind of um it's a bit of both like because uh it was just such a big class it was like trying to because they weren't there every day they were only there on a friday so they wanted to just make it like a big class where they had a whole age range of like eight years old to like 16 or 18 years old. Like anybody could pretty much come. Right. And that meant that the groups were split up into like six or five different groups. And you'd have like the, the uh, it would split into ability, which is for the beginning. I, I don't like that too much of like you're categorizing people. I remember when I went to the class when I got put in a group that was lower than what I was normally in, it upset me. It's mm. like somebody choosing your parkour ability for you. So like, that's not, especially for kids, you don't want to like ingrain that kind of idea into them that this kid's better than you and you're worse. So you're here and he's there. And mm-hmm. I just think you should have obviously at a, an advanced level where there's people that have been training for a certain amount of time and there's people that are still getting into the beginnings and basics of training but that's all it really is the difference of getting your basics done so you can start kind of branching out from there because that's all it is when you're learning i think Mm. once you've got the basics you're you're ready for you're ready for it on your own once you have all the basics down because then then you're exploring that's it isn't it that's it i mean this is what i think i talked about this a bit in my last podcast about that's my aim as a coach i want to try and get people to that point where they can explore yeah. on their own because then it's just like they just 
they go off and they live their life you know that's that's awesome yeah and then we can train it, together you know that'd be sick <laughs> yeah it's so good <laughs> um, i think that that happened with uh we i wasn't involved with it but uh fat did some coaching classes before um ro- corona and everything well oh, right nice I, I remember they uh one of our really close friends now came to the class as a student and now he's just our friend like good friend and we don't we don't we just coach him for free because he's training with us but um yeah that that can tend to happen someone's too cool to be a customer you need them to be <laughs> like uh nah i need to just coach you i need you around all the time man mm. yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah it's funny isn't it yeah cool well um yeah that's that's interesting do you think you'll I know obviously you're very into your training at the moment. Do you think that it, when when it's possible, more possible, do you think you'll 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 try coaching again or is it something that you Oh yeah, of, for yeah. sure. Oh nice. Yeah, nice. definitely cuz um fat want to do coaching classes, but we're just wait we're just waiting for corona mm. uh really cuz uh and I think um we, I think we want to get some kind of liability thing more in place, get yes. some insurance of some kind. Yeah. But other than that, I, I'm very, I'm very up for it. Uh, I've, I've done coaching in the past and it's been a long time, but I want to get back in the, the rhythm of it. Mm-hmm. I, do, I guess there's general coaching with people, but I love kind of like seeing people unlock things for the first time again. It's fun because yeah, sure. you, you can't relive that, but you can relive that with somebody else, I guess bring that for a new person very true man very true yeah absolutely that's the that's the sort of the joy that uh it's like the little sparkle of parkour isn't it like doing stuff for yeah the first time. your first kong first <laughs> kong or f- first time you stuck something and you're like wow yeah 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 Did it? Yeah, yeah yeah that's cool man the, oh, the mystery yeah for sure it'd be, it'd be really yeah I'd, I'd be really interested to see uh you guys developing classes that'd be really interesting i'd be i'd, I'd love to yeah. see a style i think i get like um i'll watch your videos and i get a very i think sort of kieran jimmy the giant sort of said it in one of his videos as well like i get mm. a very very positive vibe from your group a very kind of seems quite it seems very authentic and very uplifting do you think that you've do you think this is just the sort of personalities that are within the group or do you think it's like a a, a kind of um what's the word do you think you focus on being positive because i know your 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 mantra is like speed power belief right yeah uh, and and yeah, I just watch your videos and you're very kind of supportive and positive in the language that you're talking with each other and everything. And is it is this something that's just normal now or is it is it kind of yeah something you focus I, on? I think in general, the everyone in the team is like always trying to be as motivated as possible. It's about motivating each other. Like another mantra would be like champion movements or trying to be champions like nice. everyone's the champion we're all champions we're all trying to mm. be the best we can be for each other and ourselves and and it's good and i think that's generally the vibe that we're trying to live our lives with just positivity optimism it's like 
thinking it's going to go okay when it might seem like it's not going to go okay, but believing that it will. Not mm. not just in parkour, but like aspects of like life. Like we try view life like parkour. Like if you run into an issue, it's like an obstacle, just like a wall. You, that's just another obstacle that you have the power to uh, overcome. You just have to have the belief, and mm. then you'll be able to do it, kind of thing. And and uh, obviously, we're not always positive. Like we all go through our own own troubles, but it's about trying to push in that direction. The aim is always positivity, even if you're having a bad day. Mm. You you still want to be positive, and uh, yeah, I think that comes out in the videos because we want people to be very optimistic and positive about things, and mm. motivated is the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. uh, with training, it's just getting out really every like as much as possible and then it will come naturally yeah. the love will will bring the movement mm, nice i like that um and tell ta if you can this is kind of tricky but try you, you mentioned the word sort of belief and believing quite a lot what what does that actually what does that mean to you can you can you go deeper into that like um it, it in what sense like in in actual doing parkour or just in life believing I, I, I guess so because belief is something you know you can associate belief with religion you can associate belief with self-belief um but but some people i, I personally I, I like the i like the word i think it's really uh valid in parkour like set, using the word belief because there, there, there has to be a sort of sense of self trust and a self, yeah, a self, uh, a self motivation, a self belief. Um, but yeah, like, does does this word kind of? Do you think? Do you feel it quite strongly then? Like that, it's it's something. Yeah, like... I do. Mm. I think in life in general, the word belief is good because uh, if 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 you're like hoping for something to go well or whatever it is. If you have belief in it, it's only going to better the chances of it going well. Your mind's going to be in the right place for whatever it is you're trying. And if, if it doesn't work, I've, I've, I've had times where I've had a really bad day training and I'll be like, oh, I'm not going to land this. It's going to be crap. Like, I'm going to do a crap jump, watch mm. this crap jump or something. Mm. And then I'll get, I, I might get injured or something. Or I just, if you have that doubt, it's just not going to go well. You might as well not even try it, you know? Because you're just putting, you're putting it uh, yourself against yourself in mm. that sense. You need to, if you have belief, it's only going to better the chances of things going well in parkour and out of parkour. Belief is just the the correct direction to have with things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I guess when you start to doubt yourself, those thoughts maybe without you realizing trickle into your like subtle behaviors do you, do you get do you get what i mean like like thinking oh i'm not going to do this maybe that thought itself starts to like change your heart rate or change like your your muscular tension or something do you know do you know what i mean like yeah. maybe having maybe belief and having a positive kind of reinforced voice in your mind is maybe a way to actually align yourself with uh, 
mm, like optimal muscular activity and calmness and a, and your nervous system's not like jacked on like stress. Yeah, so it's it's in, I just I I find it's something I'm kind of researching more like I find it so interesting yeah how simple thought patterns might actually just well can and do change your body and how it yeah. works and how it wants to move. Um I think I think parkour has always been 80% mind, 20% physical. <laughs> that's <laughs> strong. That's strong. 80%. It's so, mm, that's strong. Yeah, cuz it's it's so much in the mind. It's like in that in that split second, the doubt or the belief that you have mm. will completely change the way that the jump goes. Completely um not related to your actual ability to do it. Mm. It's all in the mind, I think, really. When it when it comes to it, it's just taming it is how you can progress quite well. Everyone tames it in a different way because everyone's got a different mind. Mm. But I definitely agree with you that the belief system is really important for like actually going for a movement in parkour. So uh, mm. what depends all of it. If you can't, I always say, if you can't imagine yourself doing it. Like if you can't have a vivid image of like oh I'm picturing myself landing this, if you can't actually imagine it then it's not, it's it's not I don't know if it will happen you know you got to imagine it, you got to you got to see yourself doing it to make it a reality mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I really, I really like that moment in one of the your, the recent fat videos where you're on a high ledge. And there's a pretty big drop, and uh, and you you do the three sixty like drop pre. Oh at, yeah, at, Liverpool Street. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of um, I can, you can sort of see it in your like because I think Abdullah says like oh no you're not going to do it or something and then you're kind of you kind of go ahead like, quiet him, and then you just yeah. do it and it's like <laughs> it's interesting as well how when you look at someone they have a slight there's like a look like. You know yeah, that, yeah. that you know they can and are going to do it, you know. I love the parkour look so much. <laughs> I love it. There's like, it's just you see it in the feet and the legs. It's like they're mm. they're stood with their back against the wall. They're about to run up to the scary Kong or the scary thing, and um, their feet shuffle. And then there's that second where like they take that one more step back, and it's like boom, it's happened. You see it in their eyes. It's like, it's um, it's going into the Zen state of uh. Benjus uh, Storis talked about it in um, Roof Culture. Just the 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 airtime, that moment of like, there's nothing else in anywhere else in your mind or in that second, but doing that jump. Mm-hmm. Mm. Sick. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And it was so cool to see that. That's a oh man, that's horrible. That three sixty down. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? What the hell? And anyway. that 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 one's that one was definitely harsh. So <laughs> the the drop is is my spinway. <laughs> God. Yeah. Anyway, uh yeah, we're we're cracking on. We're gonna we're gonna move on now to um some I actually asked on Instagram for some questions. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So awesome. this is the first time on Parkour Coach Companion. I thought, do you know what? I come up with questions every time. Let's 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 uh, get the the audience to to get some questions. Yeah, so I'm just gonna cool. I'm just gonna quickly grab them now. Um, and thank you for everyone. Thank you for anyone that's, that has sent some questions to 
Devon. Let's see what they are. Um... <laughs> okay, so I got one. I got one that says, "Is it true that scientists now use the reliability of Devon's 360 Pre as a model to predict wind pattern?" <laughs> and that comes. Yes, that comes, com common common scientist knowledge. <laughs> that comes from PK Degen. Oh, know. PK PK Degen, yeah. Degen, yeah, yeah. That's quite. Oh. Lovely stuff. Um, I've got... Um, okay, I've got a few. I've got a few, actually. So, yeah, one of the first ones was from It's Balint, who says, how do you commit things so easily? Ah. Oh. Hi, It's Balint. <laughs> I know Balint. Oh, Balint. Um, sorry, sorry, Balint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we kind of covered oh, that, haven't we? Yeah, wait, uh, what goes through my head when I when I do a three sixty? No, no, you just said how how do you commit to things so easily? Oh, commit to things. Oh, yeah, I didn't do, I didn't touch on this fully, but um, the whole commitment thing for me is about I hate being scared so much. I hate the feeling. I hate uh, everything about it, and I always did. And that's all I'm trying to do by commit quickly is get the fear away like if you just do it then it's like that 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 like kind of space of like you've done the first even if you don't make it it's it, it, as long as you control it and don't get hurt the first commit is like the barrier that that saves you like once you've already done it you know how it feels and then you're like oh i'm not scared anymore and that's for me if it's not in the first minute I start getting really anxious about the jump if I don't do it straight away. Mm. It's kind of um, always been that for me. I've even said things before like um, if you if you don't do the first commit to a jump in like the first two maybe three minutes, it's um it's looking like a no go because mm. then you're gonna it's getting to a more dangerous area, a gray zone of um if you leave it too long. You're like not as warmed up. Your uh, your hands are getting sweaty. You're mm. getting in your head. You're just thinking about it too much. It's, and then when you do send it, you might have waited so long that you're you're doing it out of a reason of like, oh, I I need to do this or, you know. So at this point, the best thing to do is just leave it. If you haven't, if you don't feel like you could just do it, you know. There's obviously things that, are good to come back to, but there's always there's always eventually a time where something feels like you can do it straight away. And it's nice when you do it straight away, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. It's almost like you're racing your brain to do it, you know? Yeah, I'm fighting with it, but yeah. I'm taming it as quickly as possible. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Okay, so thanks for that, uh, thanks for that question. Um, we've got, well, oh, wow. Okay, we've got three questions from uh, Shamila Photography. I don't know this person, but thank you, Shamila. Um, oof, these could be quite long, so maybe answer, <laughs> maybe answer them as, as, as briefly as you can. Um, okay. So the first one was, everyone shows the experienced parkour moves they do, but how did you start out doing parkour? We kind of, we kind of covered that, haven't we? I feel like that, yeah, just the old jams and mm. being a young chubby kid. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe more than chubby. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, I guess, yeah, you were saying about going to jams and kind of slowly getting involved and stuff like that. Um, and I guess just taking things step by step, really. Yeah, I guess for flips, I, I, I went gym. I'd always recommend going to a gym to learn flips, like a soft gymnastics place. That's how I learned. Uh, I, I mean, I could mention it took me a year to learn side flips. It took me a whole year before I landed at a single one. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Um, well, I, I've been training over a, a decade, and there's far too many flips I can't do. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, she's, she's got two more questions. Uh, oh, so one of them we've already answered kind of thing. How often do you train? Oh, right. yeah, yeah. So you said you train as much as you can. Um, most days, you sort of said. And then here's, here's the last one. So she said, uh, do you have to do a lot of conditioning and stretching to maintain your body? Oh, yeah, very good question. Um, I, I try to stretch every day straight up, just uh, every day before bed or when I can. Just because my injuries that I've had... Uh, like my body will just seize up if I it feels like I need to maintain flexibility, especially um like stretching is so important for uh injury reduction. If you have like flexible ankles, flexible knees, flexible hamstrings, it's like say you have your muscle and say you like ankle thing and your your mus uh, if everything's tight you're going to get this kind of resistance that can cause breaks and pulls like pulled muscles and overextension and things like that. But if you're loose and you happen to ankle thing or your knee bends in a weird way, it's, you're not going to get a snapping tension. It's going to bend with the flow of like, I've seen it with, um, do you know, Mark Ashigaru, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen he had a bail where he did a side flip pre and missed one of his legs. It was his back leg and his his knee like landed on the wall and bent like in on itself in a weird way. I've seen it. But then he's he I've stood up and he was fine. And he said like he kept like he, he wasn't injured from it. And he was like, <laughs> that's why, why you should always stretch. And I was thinking like, damn, that's one flexible knee. Like, <laughs> I want I want a knee that flexible. I don't want to get injured. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, I definitely recommend stretching. Um, do you follow? Do I come back to or? the question. Uh, yeah, just a general kind of static moving involves a bit of yoga, a bit of downwards dog kind of thing, like stretching out the back, things things like that's always good. Uh, then I have a couple of specific ones that I've had from physios that are like for specific places I've injured, like my shoulder and my neck and things like that, and um. Yeah, the come back to the question, I don't condition strength as much as I should, but there's this general idea of kind of doing it sometimes. Like I want to get into doing more of it, but it's not essential because you can get very strong from just doing parkour, but you can also use parkour to make yourself stronger. Sometimes we we might just do like reps of climb-ups kind of thing like over and over again to be get better at climb ups in general and also get stronger. And uh, yeah, we, the answer is we should do more conditioning and always stretch. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, and I guess there's one last question, um, which kind of is something I wanted to ask you about anyway. Uh, so this is from Olmok. Oh, 
Okay. A friend. A friend. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Olmok says, uh, how do serious injuries like your neck affect your personal relationship with parkour? Oh, that's a deep question. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we never t- we never spoke about my neck actually. We we skipped that one, I think. Well, I, I was kind of I was kind of uh, it's in my it's in my head, and I kind of wanted to to ask briefly you at some it. point. Yeah, but yeah, go ahead, man. I, I'm I'm very interested, so go for it. I can I can answer that question with this question, but um, uh, when did it happen? It happened in June, twenty eighteen, I think. Or, man, yeah, my head's so foggy. It happened such a long time ago, but um. I I pretty much broke my neck in a trampoline park in Scotland in Inverness, very very top of Scotland. I was on a holiday with my friends. So I wasn't even with people that did parkour, at like that much. Like they could do a couple of flips, but they weren't like my parkour friends. And yeah, we kind of just went there like to just kind of have a fun day. And then I, um, I got uh trapped by the ego and like fuck never act upon ego ever it's such a bad idea and i've learned that since that day but i thought it was a good idea to try a a, a 360 backfall into like a back out when you do like a double backflip but the first ones and i just did it it was such a bad setup like i shouldn't have gone for it i sh- the foam pit wasn't adequate enough the trampolines were like low budget quality like crappy like not olympic they were just that like crappy like slacky trampoline shit so yeah just um and then i i like obviously un untucked landed so badly like i don't think i could have it's like the unluckiest luckiest landing of i f- i fractured my neck but i didn't like i could have been like there's like uh like the neck break was probably pretty good for in terms of breaking your neck i didn't get paralyzed i didn't break any i didn't actually break it i fractured it so it's still together it was just cracked kind of thing but uh yeah it was it was unlucky but it was lucky that i guess i i came back from it i suppose but um yeah i fractured in between the c6 and c7 the big bump that you have on the the back of your neck that connects your neck and back into play Fucking hell. Um, yeah, I went through a year in a bit or a bit less maybe of resting, not doing anything, getting quite depressed and like not having a good time. But I don't know, it developed everything for me now that I'm training better than I used to train before the injury. And it just opened my mind up to really also appreciating just everything being able to have a good night's sleep sitting on the sofa and feeling comfortable again and being able to go for a run or a cycle or a swim or just all these little things that uh it made me appreciate things more and sometimes i lose sight of it but i should keep keep that idea of appreciation for getting for it and that that sort of thing and maybe to come back to that question uh would you mind? Would you mind repeating it if you still have it? Yeah, no, yeah. I can't so, quite remember. Yeah, yeah. So um, he said, uh, so how, "How does your neck injury affect your personal relationship with parkour?" Ah. Hmm. At the start, it it was quite negative. Hmm. Because it was this idea of um, 
like oh will I ever be back to where I was have I like missed my like chance to be like good like really good at parkour like will this hold me back for a long time and Mm. being stuck in that but then now I feel like the the relationship I have with it's kind of like it's there but it um I think it keeps me like motivated to keep going it's uh yeah it it's still there but it it doesn't hold me back anymore good so much that's good but i can uh i can still feel it every every movement i do when i'm training really? it's kind of there yeah like um mm. if i like move my head back it will crack kind mm. of thing mm. and i it definitely feels different because i had surgery and there's a bar in there permanently mm. <laughs> in my neck yeah 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 so uh every uh every jump i do there's some like thing in my neck <laughs> but uh yeah it's it's an interesting story i guess to tell people mm. that i like i did that thing that um like that granny that's kicking you off a spot <laughs> will always be like don't break your neck yeah yeah, yeah i know yeah. you're gonna break your neck and then oh my god i did break i did actually break my neck <laughs> well i noticed that's what your your video compilation on instagram is called right yeah, yeah. <laughs> Careful you don't break your neck or something. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> that that video compilation meant a lot to me actually cuz um mm. I only started training again in at the start January 2020. So I wasn't training really until then. So everything in that video was everything that brought me back from my injury, which meant a lot to me. I even remember at the start of 2020, I was thinking this is the year where I like have this comeback. I know it like this is it because I've been waiting like a long time for this. And yeah, Corona didn't even uh, like this year, like everyone was like, oh, 2020 sucked. And I was like, nah, that's my comeback year. <laughs> that's like when I when I make the return and I can actually train again and properly and back in the ring. It's good fun. Yeah. <laughs> Tag back in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good, good. Well, I think on that note, man, I think we will we'll end it there. That was uh, yeah. That was a lovely talk, man. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for coming. That's yeah, all right. That's um, all right. Make sure listeners, please go and check out Devon's stuff. He just he released a really banging compilation, uh, which we just mentioned. Don't break your neck. It's on. Is it on YouTube or just IGTV? Nah, just I uh just on my Instagram Devon Fat, but I definitely say uh go check out Fat in general, spelt with a P H. Yeah. Um, our YouTube we're trying to upload weekly. Sometimes we're a bit rubbish at it, but we're trying, yeah. trying our best, and we try and upload on Instagram every day. And I think we have uh a TikTok now. Oh yeah. <laughs> TikTok, yeah, yeah. TikTok famous. <laughs> yeah, we thought it would be fun because we've started messing about with the reels and music and that. Yeah. I think music is great with parkour. It really adds an extra element. I love it. Mm. Yeah, I <laughs> I have mixed feelings on that, but I will probably spend far too long talking about <laughs> that. Oh. Um, but no, I, but just to add on to that, uh, the music you used was very good, actually, for your oh. compilation. 
And Thank you. I, I'm going to try not to go into this, but yeah, I think for me, music and parkour is like, when I see a parkour video, it's like 60-40. I think the music is 60. I think it's, you can, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but the classics, like on this podcast, every every intro that I use is going to be from a classic, like the, the beat is going to come from a classic parkour video. Yeah. And then people have to try and uh, figure out what video it's from, like a classic parkour video. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah so, that's really cool. But I think that genuinely part of what makes a parkour video a classic is the music. Like, think of Long Hair Big Chief. Straight away you can hear the music, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's just, I think that's where videos really elevate themselves. So, um, yeah. yeah, listeners... If you recognise the the beat from this video, I'm being a bit meta here because this hasn't happened yet. But uh, <laughs> if if you if you recognise the the beat from the start of this podcast, um, then then let me know, give me a message, um, and I will shout you out in the next podcast. Uh, you you'll be the winner. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just gonna switch, awesome. I'm just gonna switch it up every podcast and see if it can. Uh, you know, bring that sort of nostalgia. Someone will bring it. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Why? Why do you? I'm interested to hear why you. Your opinion on like reels, like music in the general Instagram post. Um, <laughs> <laughs> could tell you you've got you got quite contra- controversial <laughs> well, opinions. Well, go on then. We'll get, go on then. Whilst we're here, we might as well. Uh, so. For me, okay, I'm a massive music head, yeah. So I, I yeah. music and parkour are like two of my big loves in in life generally. And for me, I will only use a piece of music for parkour that the parkour has to be good enough for the filming or the the whatever the the direction of whatever it is. It has to fulfil the music because. For me, if I'm going to use someone's music, someone's art, someone's like piece of work, yeah, I have to match it. Yeah, I have to, I have to give something that's that gels and that flows with it. And this is why some of the best videos of all time have had this perfect like unison. You know, um, mm. they've managed to match the vibe of the movement, match the vibe of the filming with the music. What yeah. what pisses me off about <laughs> about like uh, Instagram reels and TikTok stuff is that it's diluting music, man. Like people oh, just yeah. people slap on any old thing to like a ten second clip, and yeah, okay, if you're listening, you do it. I understand why you're doing it. Yeah, we all understand why you're doing it. You're playing the game, but like <laughs> listening to like fucking what is it? Uh, uh, like the one that's like when, get it down in, in the, the deep, deep yeah, so literally, like, yeah, so yeah. shit like that. I I could not agree more that I fuck that. I no not 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 to negatively shout them out, but <laughs> people like Pasha and uh, Eric, um, and they're fucking <laughs> goddamn. It's just like how uncool do you want to make parkour look? <laughs> It's so lame, I think, sometimes when we're just all using the same music. Man. I think yeah. r- there is a potential for reels, but it you've got to actually kind of care about it a little bit, I think. Every song I play, I 
I like genuinely care about it and th think about how the pace goes with the, mu the with the flow of the video. Like we'll use like a lot always rap usually, but just something that will that will kind of drop in at the right time with the main aspect of the movement, or it will just kind of has to add to it. It can't. Uh, like you said, it just diminishes it. It can't diminish music. It has to. Uh, yeah, they have to bring each other up, yes. sort of thing. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> I, just, I just, yeah. I, I, as I said, I get it. I know why people are doing it. Um, yeah, play the game. But, but <laughs> fuck me, there's so much good music out there. Like, there's yeah, so exactly. so much, and like. I don't know. I just think you need to. You need to. If you like a piece of art, you need to pay pay respect somehow. You can't. Yeah. You, you can't just fucking slap it on anything, you know. Um, oh yeah. So that, that I don't know. I mean, people can do what they want, but I I just think that <laughs> the, the yeah it becomes music becomes a quickly forgotten trend, you know. Oh yeah. Like the, like I hear that. these actual pieces of music. Which might be good or they might be shit. They become a, they become lost. They don't have any longevity because they're just you know. Yeah. They they come and go and everyone uses them and then just throws them away. Whereas yeah, if you if you actually, yeah, if you use something interesting and different and that suits the vibe, like your video with the the compilation. Yeah, um, I I try and um use something that. I like music that you wouldn't think would go with a parkour video. You wouldn't you wouldn't expect to be good or something like that. Yeah, but it works because it's that kind of like. Is it kind of like a? It's like an instrumental, isn't it? Like a sort of. Yeah, it's it's like a kind of guitar-y, fairly peaceful track that has a bit like. Mm. The main reason I used it is it. I wanted something that was long, long, track that it was like a six, seven minute long song and. It just had this constant flow and progression to it of it didn't break up. It just kept going kind of like the way parkour is. It just flows and continuous. Yeah. And, uh, it, it did. And I was super into the song at the time as well. So it made me mm. happy to use it. Yeah. Uh, I think there's there's like songs that I've been wanting to use in a video for like years that I'm still kind of they're still oh, yeah. kind of there. And man, the feeling when you actually put it out eventually is just, it's, it's so great. It's so cool. Um, anyway, anyway, we... <laughs> <laughs> Off track. We went, we went into it. That was pretty funny, actually. Um, so yeah, uh, all the links for Devon's stuff. If you're listening on Spotify, they'll be above you. Have a look there. Uh, and if you're on YouTube, have a look in the description. It'll be there. Um, so go and check out his stuff, go and check out Fat. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, you can let this one play out and roll on to uh, the next episode, the last episode even, which was uh, with Olive, aka Yoga with Olive. And we had a really interesting chat about yoga and mobility and breath work and um, coaching online and stuff like that. So a bit of a different episode, but it was really interesting listening to her perspective on these things and how they can apply to longevity and parkour and it was great it was really good so um yeah i guess i guess we'll stop there but that was uh it was great chatting man and i look forward to uh man i'm, I'm yeah 
I, I'm uh, I've said it in every ep- episode, but like fuck, I'm I'm gonna go on a big trip and come and meet everyone that I've come meet the people. Yeah, <laughs> literally, like I'm I'm so excited to that even though we can't meet each other, we can still like meet each other like doing this and yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. I'm honoured. And it's uh, it's been awesome to have a chat. And it would be great to come train with you sometime. When yeah, well, this weird weird world becomes less weird. I know, I know, man. Well, uh, yeah, you guys are always welcome up north, and and it would be very interesting to see what you guys would do up north as well. <laughs> yeah, that... <laughs> plenty of uh, plenty of uh, of things to destroy and uh, and uh, <laughs> and be creative with. So. Um, so yeah that'd be cool man but um yeah from me thank you very much for listening guys uh and thank you Devin. thank you yeah see ya see you later